And we are going. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. Today's episode is brought to you by Generous United. Generous United is a membership-based buying group headquartered right here in Atlantic Canada. Their goal is to make sure that prescription drugs are more affordable for you, family members, loved ones, co-workers, it doesn't matter who. We can all be benefiting from the services over at Generous United. So, What Generous United will do is they'll team up with the pharmacist, the local member of your community who also wants to make sure you're living the best of your ability. They'll team up with that pharmacist and give you a free online service that will allow you to save money on your prescription drugs. So if you can save money in one aspect of healthcare, you are going to be able to afford other aspects of healthcare. So head on over to generousunited.ca. That's G-E-N-R-U-S-United.ca. Today's episode is also brought to you by Crypto Vantage. We're all dabbling in the cryptocurrency world. I'm not going to lie, I've made some mistakes. I've made investments and I was unable to get my return. Thankfully, at CryptoVantage.com, they're giving us all the information that we need to dabble in the cryptocurrency world safely. CryptoVantage has given us our own page. Head on over to CryptoVantage.com slash high button. Fill out the white paper at the bottom of the sheet and CryptoVantage will send you a free, that's right, I said free, white paper that will send that will give you information allowing you to know everything that you need to know about the cryptocurrency world. NFTs, what are those? Well, head on over to CryptoVantage.com slash high button. Fill out the white paper at the bottom of the sheet. They will send you a free information package telling you everything that you need to know about NFTs, all right? High Button Sports, Crypto Vantage. We're here to help you. Today on the High Button Podcast, we have Jordan Burke. Jordan is a longtime buddy of mine, and he is currently the assistant coach for the U18 Steel Subaru men's hockey team. He's also a scout in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and he runs his own hockey school, JB Development. So it's going to be a great episode. I'm Justin. We're talking to Jordan Burke. This is the High Button Podcast. Here we go. You know what comes next. Boom, we're going. Mr. Burke, Jordan, how are you? I'm doing good, buddy. You? I'm doing well. Was today Monday? Today's, today's Tuesday. Tuesday. I'm getting my <laughs> Monday morning. We're doing well. Tuesday morning. How are you? I'm good, man. Yeah? Yeah. How was class? Class was good. Class was good. Can't complain um, being in school, professional student, so can't complain. What do you? What, what was the program you were taking again? Sorry. So I'm doing my BED, uh, Bachelor's of Education yeah. at the Mount. You like it? Yeah, it's good. Um, you know, I think. There's a lot of similarities between teaching and coaching, so um, it, it seems like a nice career choice for me, so I'm excited about it. How many years is the program? It's a two-year program. Um, you started it last year? It started this year. Ooh. So I just started in September, yeah. So three years not being a student, you know, yeah. kind of getting back into the student routine and all the other extracurriculars I do with hockey and stuff. So yeah. it's it's been busy. It's good, but Wait, it's been busy. You were saying it does line up very well with your your hockey yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, having summers off as a teacher, I think is a, you know, it's a nice work-life balance. And, 100%. you know, having the summer hockey program and stuff like that, it's a really nice niche to keep you busy all year round. You're always a guy who is busy. Yeah. Like, you're you're always the guy, like, everyone has this guy in, in their group. Is this the guy who messages you and says, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do that? And you're that guy when it comes to hockey. I'm a spare when it comes to hockey around here. But you're <laughs> always the guy who's just always moving and grooving and just has something, which I love. You need a guy like that. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I just kind of fell into it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I used to be a lazy kid, but now I'm, I'm not. I'm busy. I'm on the go all the time. I was, I wouldn't say I was a lazy kid, but 
there was definitely points in the in the week where I didn't do anything for hours. And as you get older, you just want to move. Because I find when you're older and you stay still, it's just you become stiff. You're like cement. If you just sit, you're just you're dry. You got to move. Yeah, man. I don't go to the gym anymore. Um, no shocker. Never did when I played, but. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I'm in a rink so much. Like, that's my exercise. That's, you know, that kind of keeps me moving. I was saying that. I was talking to someone about this the other day about playing hockey again. And I probably do it 60% for the physical activity and 40% for the fun. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's great to get out. I'm, I'm done with running. I'm done with jogging. I'm done oh, with the treadmill. I'm done dude. with, like, that bike pretty much to my right is there for show. It's, uh, <laughs> it, the only way I'm moving is if I'm playing a sport. And hockey's, man, the sweat. You get a good sweat with it. Oh, yeah. It's hard on the lungs. Lungs bleed, buddy. The lungs yeah, they bleed. bleed. They oh, do bleed. Yeah. <laughs> Taste the iron in your mouth. So, yeah. So, how was uh, the Monctonian up there? Man, it's a grind, dude. Like, it's fun for the kids. They work really hard. It's a, it's you know, it's a big showcase for them. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but any coach out there will attest to it. Trying to keep twenty young individuals, you know, out of trouble and focused for a four day weekend, you know, where you're holding their hand through everything they do. It's a grind for a coach. So, um, you know, not a physical grind, but just mentally, you're just. You know, so it was a good weekend, though. It was a lot of fun. It was nice to see the boys finally get a chance to play in a tournament because, you know, we've had COVID shut down the Ice Jam and the Monctonian for the last two years. So it was nice to have some of our kids actually get to experience a tournament because they hadn't had that at the U18 level yet. It must be a lot of fun as well just for the regular league playing other teams rather than everyone just within Nova Scotia. That's the best. You know, our, uh, our division, our draw, we didn't get anyone from our league. So... You know, we played Kensington uh, out of the PEI. We played um, Western Newfoundland, and then we played a Quebec college team. So, you know, you just got three different teams that we may never see for the rest of the year. One thing I learned about as I got older and I was actually out of hockey was uh, coaches' relationships with other teams. Um, yeah. I actually got this from Troy Ryan. He, like, years later, he's like, oh, yeah, like, every time you ever went up to Miramichi, like, I stopped in and just said hey to the other coach. Like, the relationship, yeah. it's not a rivalry. It is, but it isn't because you want to talk to the other coaches, talk about the league, see how things are going. Yeah. Do you have that relationship with other coaches in the league? And when you went up to Monctonian, did you chat around? Yeah, so, like, you know, the uh, – you get to familiar with some guys, you know, a, a guy who scouts with me in Truro used to be the head coach at Kensington. He's not there anymore. He's with UPEI, but you know, you'd always talk to him. You'd always make sure you go see him. I used to have a buddy, Brad Tassink, who coached the St. John Vitos. So he would always, uh, he'd always be around, you know, go get to see those guys. And, uh, you know, Steve McPherson in Moncton, you know, they run a great program. So we always run into them, talk shop as a year, blah, blah. So, um, you do get kind of the coaches, you know, they stick around. So you start to see some familiar faces and you start to talk with some guys. So. What was the topic of conversation this year? Um, other than COVID. Other than COVID? Well, you know, just how are things, right? You haven't seen some guys for two years. So it's just, you know, how's the year? How are you doing personally? Um, how's your team? What do you like? You know, I talking with the Moncton coach, Steve McPherson, he's the GM of Edmonston. You know, one of our old players, our old captains, Brendan Sibley's there. So I just said, you know, how's Sibs doing in junior A? Like there's a lot of connections. So it's cool to kind of catch up with some of those guys. When you go up there, do you have the coach hat on? Do you have the scout hat on? Or do you have the the JB hockey development hat on? What what hat do you wear? Man, I, I... I juggle all three, to be honest. See, back to my busy. You're busy. Yeah, different angles, man. I mean, like when our team's at the rink and we're getting ready to play, obviously, you know, it's coach hat. Um, This year with the restrictions, you know, you couldn't really hang around and watch at some of the venues. You know, you had to kind of be in your room, play your game, and then kind of get out. Um, But in previous years, you know, I would 
stay at the rink. Like I would drive up. I wouldn't take the bus with the team because I knew I'd be at the rink watching other teams and all that. This year it was kind of um, scouting while coaching. You know, you kind of notice guys that you're playing against, you know, who stood out, those type of things. Um, so it was a little different this year, but typically that's how I would do it. And then, you know, the JV stuff, you know, the prospect game, seeing some of the kids I worked with over the summer, you know, we got to watch the game. It was in the big rink A at the Monctonian, so the standings, so the stand. So it was nice to kind of watch those guys, you know, kind of get to live a cool hockey moment, right? And, you know, whether you had a small part in it or not, like, you know, it's really yeah. cool. So uh, going back to the Quebec, uh, the what do you call it? The, the game, the Q game? Yeah, the, the Q prospect the game. The Q prospect game. Who, yeah. who decides what kids get to go into that? Yeah, so I actually have a good insight into this because I used to work for Central Scouting. I used to be the Nova Scotia guy for Central Scouting okay. for the Quebec League. So the way it works is, and you know, my brother, Taylor, he's now the Nova Scotia guy. He kind of took my old role. Is I kind of passed it on to him. Yeah, so he, uh, the way it works is you kind of, you create your list for your region. And, you know, you start to uh, give grades out to kids, right? You know, like an A grades round one to two, a B grades three to four, and, and so on and so on. And you kind of make like a, a list of like kids to watch, right? Like I think these are shoe-ins for the prospect game if we're taking, you know, 24 forwards and we're taking, you know, 16D. I think these kids from my region are shoe-ins. Let's watch these guys. And then the way it works is um, – there's about four or five Quebec guys, and then you get two New Brunswick PEI guys, one for each province, and you get a Newfoundland guy. So they all come together, they kind of have a meeting, and they sit down and they kind of give you different regions, different kids to watch. So they could give some Nova Scotia kids to the Newfoundland guy, just so there's a different perspective on them. And then for all those scouts, there's two, you know, heads of the snake, if you will, and they're kind of you know, they're kind of the final say in it. You know, they're responsible for all the kids. So they do come in with kind of a template for which kids should probably be in the game. And then they kind of, you know, pick and watch some other guys and they make adjustments based on that. Is there a little like politics involved with it up there? Because yeah. I remember when I went, there was. Yeah, you know, being a part of it, I like to say, no, there isn't. It should yeah. just be the best kids. But, um, you know, selfishly, sometimes you throw a kid in there, um, you know, because you just want to see how he does, you know. Um Sometimes you try not to take too many from a team, you know, so maybe that limits how many forwards, you know, maybe a good uh, first-year forward gets left out because they took, you know, 3D from a team. I know um, a few years back, you know, there was like three max defensemen got in, but a forward didn't, you know, so just some things like that do happen. Yeah, but I guess uh, politics are in every yeah aspect of life not even sport just you know and it's, it's not it's not the end all be all to be in the game right you know there's kids who do play in that game who don't get drafted right there's kids who go up there have a good weekend they get put in the prospects game they don't even get picked and then you know the opposite of that kids who aren't in the game have great seasons get picked late in the season so. do you like to preach that to your team yeah you know it's it sounds like you're uh you're just trying to say something to make them feel better yeah. you know because a lot of kids are disappointed when they don't get to go in it but it's just the reality i mean you know, a hockey, there's only 40 kids in that game, yeah. you know, and in the Q draft, there's 250 some picks. True. So, I, I never mean, thought of that, wow. you know, and, and that's from the Atlantic region. Right. So, I mean, you know, keep your head up. It's just, a, it's just a game. And from the coach's hat, right. Putting them on the yeah. coaching hat, yeah. it's actually worse when you have more kids in it because it's an extra game that your guys got to play in a grind of a weekend. 
you know? So like if you have four or five kids in it, you know, that's four or five kids on your team that are playing an extra game. And they're going balls to the wall that balls game. Balls to the wall that game, probably harder than they play for you. <laughs> and, you know, it's just it's just depleting them, right? It just it catches up, right? When was the last time you played six hockey games in three days, you know? It like, probably will never happen it, again. It never happen no. again, right? So it, it is a grind. So it kind of is a disadvantage. I wish they kind of changed the, uh, you know, the format. Maybe to maybe we play two games on Thursday because you know in the midget division, sorry the U18 division, you play one game per day, so there's no two games in a day. So why not play, you know, two Thursday? It's the first day of the tournament. Why not play a morning and a night game? Yeah. Then play a morning game Friday, then the prospect game Friday. You know, that way I just think it maybe balances out a little more than one two 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 like the rest of the way. You yeah, know? I got so, you. Yeah. Um, the development of Major Midget, or sorry, U18. You and I both played in that league. Yeah. Great, great league when I played. Great yeah. league when you played. Um, what are you seeing now in terms of change of the game at that level? Dude, I think it's just the overall skill. Um, you know, the the physicality of the league, like it's still there, but I think it was a little more um, – profound in our game when we played you know being physical and stuff whereas now man some of these kids some of the things they can do with the puck um you know I could never really do at that age so I think that's where the game has definitely evolved you know a lot more skill you know it's really rare now to find a kid who just works his tail off and finishes every hit but also can toe drag through guys you know (laughs) like it's very rare to find that seems like they kind of have one or the other now or Um, and if they do have both, they're like an elite prospect, you know what I mean? So, um, that's probably the big difference in the league I see. Yeah. Well, if you look at the NHL, that's pretty much it. It's hard. Even if you have a grinder, even if you look at Reeves, it's a lot of skill. (laughs) Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty much the way it is. I know, man. It's, uh, you try to preach it to the kids, you know, we we try to preach to our, some of our guys, you know, you got to play physical, you got to be able to finish a check. These are what scouts and what coaches look for, right? You know, it's assumed everyone has skill as you move up the ladder, right? So what are you bringing to the table that can get you in the lineup, get you ice time and help the team win? You're sounding like Steiny right now. That's all he preaches. I know, dude. There's so many hockey cliches, but they're cliches because it's, it's a fact, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, we've had a couple kids this year who were skilled guys, but they've, they've grown and they've put some size on, and now they're just naturally finding out that they can play the body and their games have gone to a new level. So it's nice to see that progression in some kids. It's awesome for you, too, just being in the game for so long, and you get to see the progression of a kid to when, I don't know, 14 to, yeah. I don't know, 20 years old in the queue. Yeah. That must be a special feeling. Yeah, it's cool, man. They go from young kids, young, awkward kids, to these, you know, these um, well-oiled machines right like they're men at that point you know like i remember one kid couldn't even look me in the eye when he was a 15 year old and now he's a 20 in the queue and he comes in shakes your hand looks you directly (laughs) in the eye right it's just like that maturation it's just it's 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 impressive but it's it's cool to see their development that's for sure i've been in it long enough now where and i'm sure other coaches can you know feel the same way but i've now seen them from 14 to like 22 you know like i've been in it long enough that Geez, I'm seeing some kids running to the liquor store, right? You know? It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely a cool experience. Um, when you see the kids at the Quebec Major Junior Hockey, have you been to many Q games this year to be able to? I've been to two. Yeah, it's just with our schedule, it's so hard to kind of get to a game. They yeah. typically play on a on a Saturday night or a Friday night, and you know, with how busy I am, I try not to do many things on a Friday night. So. Yeah. 
Um, the odd Saturday night or Wednesday night game, I do try to get out to. What are you noticing in the Q level right now? It's great because that league is, they're back to normal too. They're yeah. playing teams in the yeah. Quebec region and Atlantic. Um, Dude, what hockey, man. It's so good. Like, you know, I try to preach it to our kids, you know, as early as I get a hold of them in my JB hockey stuff. Like, I try to preach to them, like, you guys have no idea how good the Quebec League is. And everything we're doing is try to prepare you and get you there, right? And, dude, that hockey's insane. It's I haven't so been to a game good, this year. Man. Oh, I, I watched uh, I watched the Winningen play um, play the Mooseheads on a Wednesday night one night. Um, I went with Brad Rickman, and there was four first-round NHL draft picks on the ice. Yeah, Schwinningen's got two of them. Um, you know, the Mooseheads have a few picks, and it was just like, dude, the skill, and it's just impressive, man. Wow. It's impressive. Like, <laughs> stuff I could never dream of. I could never they're do. Just, oh, they're just so nasty. It's so, yeah. It's crazy. Like, one of the kids, uh, he uh, he went to the AHL last year after, you know, the league shut down. He had, like, five points in four games in the AHL. And now he's back in the queue playing. Now he's back in the queue. It's he's just sure. like, yeah, just <laughs> with the Texas Stars just doing his thing. I always wondered about the, the amount of games that you played in the queue compared to the NCAA. I think there's benefits of both, NCAA mm-hmm. and the queue. But mm-hmm. one thing I do love about the queue is that it's treated almost as a pro schedule. How many, like, 62 games? Yeah, they're, they're six, up. 68 maybe. They're, they're, it's up there in yeah. games. How do you feel? I, I like that. I Yeah, what's well, a business too, right? You know. Yeah, but NCAA is a business too. Yeah, it is, but they're technically, you know, yeah, it's a good point. But, um, you know, the CHL prides itself on preparing you for professional sports, right? That's kind of its business model, right? So I can agree to that. Yeah, so the grind of um, CHL, you know, it's pretty close to a professional league. But do you think that that can help a player be developed at that young of an age, like playing that many games? I'm agreeing saying it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, they're on the ice so much. Like, they're on the ice every day, every right? Day. Every day. So does it develop them? Absolutely. Right? It's just natural. Like, the more you do something, the better you'll get it, right? The more you practice something, the better you'll get, you know? So whether it's in school or whether it's in sport, you know, the more you practice, the better you'll get at something. So the fact that they're on the ice so much, you know, they're they're receiving that, high level um coaching like it's just natural that they develop quicker do you have any goals or i guess uh i don't want to say goals but do you have any uh obviously you're in a good position now with the yeah. steel subaru but yeah. do you ever one day look to the queue man maybe i could coach there one day maybe i could do something there one day you don't have to answer but it, you know it must be i at think the back of your mind everyone would say oh i'd like to coach and get paid to do it you know, you know, we do it for a small stipend in the U18 league, right? You know, yeah. you're not making much. You're basically a volunteer. So, yeah, to get money coaching, I think any coach would love to do that, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, is it, is it a realistic goal for me? No, I think I'm kind of more focused on the skill side of things. Mm-hmm. I really like coaching in the U18 level. It's a, it's a good niche for me. Um, I, I relate to the kids well. I like working with that age group. They're, you know, they're passionate. They're you know, they're pretty mature for their age at that point. So it's definitely, I like that area. I think, you know, junior A, maybe somewhere down the line, but you know, my goal right now in life is to, you know, become a teacher, you know, teach high school science and, you know, run my hockey stuff during the summer. That's kind of like where I'd like to be. And then doing the U18, you know, during the year. Sounds like you have a plan or like a map laid out right now. Well, I mean, you got to have a plan, dude. Like, you know, my younger ages, I just free willed it, you know, and, (laughs) It, it, I paid for it, so um, I'm speaking from experience. 
how's your uh, how's your brother doing right now? I didn't know that he was involved in the you say a head Atlantic's. So he's the head Nova Scotia scout for uh, Central Scouting. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, so he's busy, man. I mean, he's a firefighter now, you know. What a great career, great transition from being a hockey player, you know, to be a firefighter, you know, go, go from one team into another. And, um, you know, he does the scouting on the side. He's a personal trainer. He trains kids for me. Um, he works at a out of a fitness boutique on Quimple Road called Move East. I've heard of that. Yep. Yeah. So, it, you know, private classes. He kind of does their powerlifting stuff. Mm. And, yeah, he's he's busy, man. He enjoys it. I was going to say, he's huge. When we were out playing the other day, he's just oh, jacked. Buddy. He's like a fight. He looks like a firefighter. He's yeah. massive. I hate, I hate saying it because he's my brother, but he's a unit, dude. Like, he's <laughs> a unit. It's it's funny. Like, um, you know, I, I I recommend kids to go train with him. And, you know, he's got a home gym. Um, it's in his garage. It's a big garage, but his gym is like a $60,000 gym. Like, it's beautiful. You would never assume it was, you know, a home gym. If I dropped you in there, you'd just think you were at a, a studio, right? And they're always like, oh, it's a home gym. Like, what uh, What am I getting myself into? And they show up and they're like, Jesus. And then he's there, you know, he's, you know, motivating them and like, you know, chewing them up and lifting weights with them. And they're just like, what am I into? <laughs> right. And then they, they, re- they're usually in shock for the first three weeks. And then they really, they really take a liking to them. Dude, it sounds like this place, home studio. Yeah. You walk in. That's what people, whenever they walk in <laughs> here, they go, what the fuck was going on here? And then they turn the corner like, whoa. I like that. Yeah. But man, working from home is the new normal. Like having a studio or having yes, a gym man. in your house and ha- having your business within your house, you can't sit here and tell me that it's not the new norm. Yeah, man. No, for sure, dude. Like I remember Taylor, uh, he was training kids on my parents' garage on Connaught Avenue. It was like a shitty little thing. You can only fit like two kids in there. Now he can fit like 12, 15 kids in there if he wanted to. Dude, that's what it's about. No overhead. He has the business right there. Yeah. No, I know. He loves it, man. That's his passion. So I try to get him coaching with me. You know, it's like come to the rink, come coach. And he really likes the personal training side of it. You know, he had a great trainer in Alexi Pianozzi, who was a friend of mine who played hockey with him. You would know Alexi. And um, Alexi still does his training thing, but he's with Pittsburgh. So Taylor's had a lot of great experience, you know, training, right? Mm -hmm. So he likes to pass it on. And you know, he's had some great success with some kids. If I can pump his tires, you know, he's got a kid now down. He took a kid from high school hockey. He's playing NCAA Division One right now. You know, he's no got way. he's got a couple kids. Um, you know, on he trained a couple of the Halifax Max kids, and some of them are having breakout years. You know, they finally put some size on the the right size, the right strength into their bodies, and they're having some great years, man. So he's had some great results. I remember being younger, like that band. I'm going into that midget age, and you go into that first like major midget training camp, and yeah. you see the guys take their shirt off, and you're like, that's yeah. not the guy I saw three months ago in Bantam. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, that guy's playing one year in midget, and then he's in the queue the next year. Yeah. It's like Roski was like a perfect example of that. He might have Michael or Andrew, Dude, he was a whatever. Too. Just like one of those guys, like they're just huge this one year, and then the next thing they're playing for Moncton or Shawinigan. It was just that size that they put on and they bullied kids. Yeah. Not literally bullied, but just on yeah, the yeah. ice, just like got kids. Oh, are, for sure, dude. It, it's unbelievable that summer. I always remember it. Yeah, kids are kids are big now, man. They're big. And then, and then some kids, you know, some kids are in a rush, to, you know, to get big. And it's just natural that they'll take their time. But um, some kids at 14, you know, some are units, man. Some oh, are I big kids. It. Yeah. Oh, man, with the... You know, we got, a, we got a 16-year-old. We got two 16-year-olds right now that are both 6'4". Like six four, right? that's taller than this. It's taller. It's two inches taller than me, and you know, and they're two hundred pounds, right? Like they're big kids. You know, we got a third year Camden Pellerin who's 
dude, that is the most powerful kid I've seen at the U18 level in some years, man. He's just like – he can shoot the puck with a wrist shot from the blue line and beat the goalie, like hit the crossbar. Like they don't see it. It's uh, it's pretty impressive. He hits kids. They they go flying. He doesn't move. I saw him play when we went up and live streamed the early bird tournament. He yeah. had some impressive goals up there. Yeah, man, he's a unit. Um, he, He's a good kid, man. He's, he's an awesome kid and – He's just so powerful. I remember we were in the speaking of the Monctonian, we were there and we we're playing Kensington and they were a pretty physical team. Like they one of the most penalized teams in the New Brunswick PEI league. So that you know, they get rough, they get rowdy, and some kids can be intimidated by it. And I remember we weren't playing well, we were down one nothing and some kids stepped up trying to hit him as he caught a breakout pass and was skating up, you know, kind of through the dot lane. And the kid stepped up thinking he's gonna catch him sleeping. Camden saw him. He popped his shoulder. <laughs> into that poor man's soul like an NFL running back. And that kid did a cartwheel. I shit you not. Oh he, his skates went up in the air, and he did a side flip. And the whole rank was just like – there wasn't even like loud cheers. It was just like in awe. It's kind of like, oh, my God, the pop of that. And our team went on to then score five goals unanswered. It was just like what a what a wow. friggin' Wow. Yeah, it was, it was impressive, man. So, you know – to tie this all together, some of these kids are so big and strong now with the proper weight training, man. He's been a well-oiled machine. Well, when I go back to that question I asked you about the development of where the league was when we played compared yeah. to now, I thought you were going to say, yeah, the skill's there, but it's it's the strength, it's the training. Because when I was, I didn't, I didn't run Citadel Hill until no. I was 18, 19. Like, yeah. I didn't train that much. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think it's only natural that there's more development going on, so these kids are probably stronger. I guess the point I was trying to make was maybe they aren't as mean as we were. Okay, okay. You know, um, there's no Daryl Dillman stepping up in the neutral zone to take your head off. You know, there's no Roskies, right? And if there are Roskies now, you know, they're heavily penalized because it's just the style of the game now, right? Yeah. Does that element of the game frustrate you a little bit where calls are being made just um, almost even a score out? You know, I got to be careful here because I know I, you don't you have know, to answer if you don't you know, want I got to be careful just because of my position in the U18 league. But I think one of the, um, you know, I think a consensus on what we see at our level now with officiating is a, they associate big hits with head contact. And, um, you know, if I throw a hard hit and I finish through your chest, your head's snapping down. Right? Yeah. It's natural. That's the way, that's the anatomy. That's how your body works. Right. So I think that would probably be one of the main reasons there's probably not more hitting is because now it seems like if you do throw a big hit, you're sitting for two or four, right? So um, I think it's kind of slowly making its way out of the game at our level because of that. Which is a good... It's a good will, It's a good thing, but obviously we want to take away headshots, but... You don't want to take know, away physicality. Don't though. want to take away physicality because they're pretty physical at the next level, right? Very. So, right? Yeah. You know, those kids are big and strong, so... You know, if we can't play that way at our level, you know, we're setting them, we're not setting them up for proper success. We had a guy on here the other day, and he's a, a baseball player, and yeah. I was talking to him about the game of baseball and where he thinks it is. Some people think it's too slow, some people think it's too whatever. What do you think about the game of hockey, even at the NHL level, oh. at all levels? How, how do you think it sits right now on a marketing ability, on, on a talent? How do you think it sits? I think it's the best it's ever been, dude. It's so fast, it's so skilled, man. Like, you know, you're seeing all these stories or talking to people who have never watched hockey and they go watch an NHL game live and they're like, holy shit. Like how many pro athletes you see from the NBA or from the NFL, they just tweet out like the NHL's different. Like these dudes are tough. It's fast. It's violent, you know? And it, it's just so impressive, man. Like some of the things they do, the speed at which they play, the transition, like the smarts, like it's just so good. I think about it every now and then about how 
everyone there's the debate who's the best athlete are the soccer players mm-hmm. is it football players who and i think about some of the things that we do as hockey players but we do them on blades and i think everyone's like oh you guys do them on blades it's easy we've been doing it since we were two which we have been we've been skating forever yeah. but watching other people try to get on skates yeah other athletes excuse yeah. me they just can't do it. But if you put a hockey player in a basketball player's position, if you put a hockey player in a football player, baseball, if you put any athlete or, excuse me, any hockey player in another position of any sport, yeah. they can somewhat accelerate at it. Yeah. It, we're no, great athletes. Yeah, we're no, freaks of listen, nature. Toot our, toot, pump our tires here a bit. But um, I agree with you. I think the hardest thing in professional sports is to hit a fastball. So I'll say that about baseball. That's, that's what one, buddy said yesterday. Yeah, that's one of the hard. <laughs> I, I can attest to that. Like that's probably one of the hardest things to do in professional sports, you know, or you know, consistently hit a golf shot maybe. Um, but when you think of overall sport, yeah, I'm biased because I'm a hockey player, but I also played a ton of other sports, right? I think one thing with hockey players, I think we're pretty uh, we dive into other sports, right? You know, I was a three sport athlete. I think every hockey player kind of had a summer counterpart to their hockey so I think that's probably why we're better at other sports if you know to your point but I also think just like you said being on blades being on steel being on you know that small of a steel blade and do it you know we're controlling a stick and a puck those are things that are not part of your body right you have to be able to understand how to use your stick how to use your blade you know flex points all of that right there's so many variables in hockey that it's absolutely the most skilled sport, in my opinion. Soccer players are up there probably too, but hockey, I think, is one for me. I think it has to do a lot with our core. We, we have great balance. If yeah. you look, if you, you know, when we go to Lee Allergies when we're 12 years old, what are we doing? We're standing on a half of a blow-up ball, just balancing on one leg Both with a hockey ball. stick. You know, yeah, we're yeah. just working on our balance since the age of 12 years old. And if you look at any other sport, it, you need balance. Yeah. And I always remember that in gym class whenever we played something, like if it was a dodgeball. You look at this years later. But you look at the things that you played in gym class and why you accelerated at them, even though they weren't hockey, it was because you were just quick and you had balance and you were able to stop on a dime and move in a different direction. These yeah. are things you think about when you're older, but yeah, I know I can tell which kids on our team are multi-sport athletes and which ones aren't. How? Uh, you just see their coordination, you know, you can kind of see, you know, when they play that soccer game pretty, you know, for warm up, you can tell which guys had the touch. You can tell which guys played soccer, or you know, which guys played basketball, or even baseball. Right, just hand eye. You can you can really tell. Yeah, it's a touch. Yeah, for sure. You know who's a freak of nature right now, Ovechkin. Mm. I love Sid. Yeah, Sid. If you're listening, buddy, I love him. Come on the show. But yeah, <laughs> but what Ovechkin's doing right now at his yeah. age, I remember Don Cherry back in. 2008, 2009, they're like, Ovechkin, he's going to be done at the age of 29. Plays he's too physical. too physical. He yeah. can't do it. He's, he's can't, he doesn't wear wrist guards. <laughs> you know, he's, 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 oh, he can't do it. And uh, and you look at this guy, what he's doing now. I think he has 23 goals right now or 13 goals, something like that. Yeah, man. And he's standing from one point and he's shooting a puck and it's going in the net. Yeah. And he's doing it. As he looks, he looks like he's 19 years old out there. The way he's doing it, yeah, he's a joke. <laughs> it's this is, unbelievable. He's an anomaly, man. It's crazy. He's so good. And I think it's guys like that that are going to be able to. Hopefully, I don't know if we'll. I don't know if we'll get. No one knows if we'll get Gretzky's record, but the way he's playing right now, he only needs I think three more, four more 50 goal seasons. I'll be honest, but, I'm not as in tune with the NHL as I should be. Yo, you know, from a statistics man, standpoint, I love it. Yeah, it's 
It's good. I always got it on the TV, but I couldn't sit here and tell you, you know, stats of certain guys or anything like that. Well, when you're chasing history, it's something. Yeah. Uh, you know how you say, oh, like COVID, I just went back to school because I had time. And what I've done with COVID is just look at the history books. Yeah. I've looked at the history books of the game of hockey and just everything. And because this kind of makes you look at history. When is the last time something like this has ever happened? Probably it was like 100 years ago. Yeah. What was it? A poly? Pox? A poly? Yeah, our, our producer there messed up. But uh, I've just looked at the history books, and I've looked at Gretzky, and then I'm comparing him to, to, to Ovechkin with the goaling, with the, the goal-scoring race. Yeah. It's crazy it's he's crazy. doing it in this era, you know. Well, yeah, that's another Don't thing. even send me down that road of comparing eras because people get offended by that. Yo, well, that's another thing COVID did as well. Sportsnet, they showed the old games. And I've never I've watched old games, of course, mm-hmm. but not as frequently as during yeah. COVID. And you're seeing yeah. Bobby Smith play for the Montreal Canadiens go up the ice, but he's getting eight hacks to the wrist, two to the <laughs> ankles, and no penalties called. And at the end, he get a little yeah, elbow man. to the head. Yeah, and man. you're like, what is this? I know, different game, man. And you're like, how different are the, game? A hundred percent a different game. Yeah. But no, that that's probably what COVID did the most for me. Was I just went back and looked at the history books? Yeah, cool. You have to. Yeah, that's dope. Cool. I, I don't have enough time to do that. So. <laughs> I don't have enough time to do that. So I'm in school and doing all these other things. So Do you have anything online in school or is it all in class? No, it's all in class. Um, it's good. It's way better. Way better, man. You can't, uh, I can't imagine having gone through, you know, these last two years with online learning, right? Because part of our, you know, degree is actually being in the schools. Um, so, you know, you do a practicum, you do a placement. I'm placed right now at, uh, St. Agnes junior high, grade eight math and science. And Ooh. I actually graduated from St. Agnes. So it's kind of cool being there, there but, you go. um, yeah, I can't imagine having done the last two years kind of online only. Right. I know a couple, well, my brother's age, like his friends, uh, they were going into first year university yeah. and it was online and a, a couple just said, nah. Yeah. I'm going to wait back, which I think is smart. I yeah, wish yeah. I did that. Yeah. I always, you know, I didn't really get much out of my online courses when I was in school, right? It was kind of just a, a checklist thing. Like, can I get this assignment done? Can I, you know, just get in, get out, get my credit type thing? Yeah, that's not for yeah. me. No. I like the hands-on stuff, you know, the seeing people, interacting, you know, sharing stuff. You yeah. know, it means much more in person. Um, speaking of teaching in person, with your your team, do you guys do a lot of uh, video? Yeah, we do. Um, our league has a great tool. It's called Instat. Um, I've heard of this. Yeah. So the way it works is you submit a, uh, a game film. They kind of break it down. You know, they give you all the stats, you know, you see your Corsi score, like all these different things. And, um, you can go online, you can watch your shifts. So a kid, each kid has an account. They can go watch all their shifts. They can go watch all their turnovers, all their goals, all their shots, everything. There's a video clip for it. So it's all digitized. It's all tagged. So we use that, you know. So on bus trips, when we got time, we got our laptop. We'll download a few clips and say, hey, so-and-so, come to the front of the bus. Da-da-da. We'll show them the clips and so on. But um, we've had a pretty busy month, man. Our team's been – our schedule's been crazy. So we haven't done a lot of, like – you know, sit down as a team and watch video. It's kind of just been, you know, who kind of needs it the most right now and how can we catch them up? So that's kind of been our approach because we've been busy, dude. We were in we were in Sydney for a weekend. We had a Wednesday game. We went to the Monctonian. We come back. We had a Wednesday game, and then we were just in Port Hood. It's like, you just got back from Port Hood? Yeah, Where'd this you... weekend. Oh. We played in Port Hood. Cold, buddy. Cold. Right on the water. Oh. Al McGinnis rink there. Yeah. Oh. Unreal rink. So fun to play in. Best right? ice. Best ice. The kids love the ice. 
but it's just like it's such a throwback you know it'd be like playing at centennial arena with the roof down you know 10 feet it's so small right you can't chip the puck up you can't even do a lob oh. pass because it hits the roof <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah. it's so loud in there it's it's a fun place to play but it's so cold oh it's so cold so yeah we just we just had two games up in Port Hood. We always used to go up there. I know there was always a guy on Port Hood that'd be like top three in scoring in the yep. league, and we'd go up there. It'd be first intermission. It'd be zero zero, but half their team would have a point already. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. Little, the little home point. cooking, yeah, the man. Home. The home cooking. Those refs go to the scoreboard. Oh yeah, four from two, from nine, from eight, from two, from seven. You just yep. say, oh boy. Oh no, and but and, I love know, it. And Port Hood's been really. Cape Breton West has been really good. You know, I'd say since I've been in the league, um, they've they've been a team to be reckoned with for such a small region. I mean. My first year in the league was the year following them winning the Telus Cup. So there was some residuals from that team, you know, some guys left over. And our league was so good that year. And Cape Breton West was the third-place team, and they were awesome. They were so good. That was the last time Dartmouth won it. We played Port Hood in the semifinals, best of five. We had to win game four in Port Hood with, like, 1,200 people there. It was insanity. Wow, yeah, what an what experience. A, oh, what a game, dude. And, you know, I was it was my first year with the team, so I was kind of the guy doing the video or, like, the odd game I'd be in the stands, and I was in the stands for that one. So I was <laughs> – if anyone's ever been to Port Hood, you have the rink, and then there's, like, the back stands that kind of looks down line on the ice. That's, like, where all the fans sit. Where the dressing rooms are, like, in front of the dressing rooms? I'm trying to think. It's been a long time. No, it's been a long time. When you first walk in the door, you know, you got the rink there, yeah. but there's the, the stands, and it has, like, a warm room above it. Yeah. And then along the sides, there's stands as well. But um, behind the uh, away team's net is where most of the fans sit. And I was just sitting in the middle of it, just like <laughs> sweating it out with, you know, 1,200 people who were cheering against me type thing. I was sitting there covering my jacket, right? Don't don't let it be known who I am. But um, they've been really good the past few years, man. So Aren't they hosting this year? No, hosting this year Sydney. Oh, Sydney, sorry. Sydney has the Tells Cup this year. Wow. Yeah. yeah, they were supposed to have it last year, but with COVID, obviously um, – they canceled it, so they gave them the option to to accept it again this year, kind of roll it forward, so they did. Um, how many t- other teams from the league get to go, just one or the two teams to make the finals? So it's uh, it depends. Um, if Sydney were to be in the – Sydney, like the only way two teams can go is if a team from our region wins the Atlantics. Say, explain the, say that again, sir. So – the only way two teams from Nova Scotia can go to the Tells Cup yeah. because they're the host is if a team wins the Atlantics. There's no scenario in which, like, Sydney makes the finals of something and another team comes with, with them. With them, okay. Yeah, so we would have to win our league because even if Sydney won the league, they would go to Atlantics. Um, I'm not sure, actually. That's a good point. I'm not sure how that would work because if they won Atlantics, there'd be no Nova – like. They would be in as the Atlantic representative and the host. So I don't know. It so would they, be the finals. It so would be you, the person who played them in the finals of the Atlantics would get to go as the Atlantic If they lost. If they, if they lost to Sydney in the Atlantic final. They would still get to go to Atlantic. Yeah. So we okay. still, you know, so our league still has to go through, um, our league still has to go through and win our league, go to Atlantics, win Atlantics to then get go. to the Tellus. Yeah. There's no guarantee, right? So, so there's still a long road. Oh, buddy. It's a. It's going to be a grind this year. There's some really good teams outside of Nova Scotia. Some really good teams. Which makes it exciting. Yeah, dude. It's, uh, you know, kind of the past few years, you know, it's kind of been like the teams from Nova Scotia and then Moncton, you know, that was kind of like the way it's been. And Kensington was that for a little bit from the PEI. Like they were always in the Atlantics. Um, But last year, no, it would have been Charlottetown. Charlottetown had a really strong team. But this year, man, um, Moncton and St. John, in the uh, New Brunswick division, man, they're cream of the crop, buddy. They're good. 
they're very good. And then Charlottetown's no slouch either. Like they just beat Moncton on the weekend as well, and they got a really good team. So you know, it, there's a lot of parity this year, which is nice to see for the Atlantic. Canada which is division. great. Yeah, it's great. Where, where are Atlantics this year? Atlantics, I believe, are in Western Newfoundland. No. Yeah. We got to make that happen. Yeah, Western Newfoundland. I'm not sure exactly, like you know, what community that be based out of, right? But um, that would be you know great. Bay Roberts. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not too familiar with uh, which regions you know filter into those Newfoundland teams, but I'm pretty sure it's in Western Newfoundland. That would be a great time. Yeah, it would be a great time. So you know, it's a uh, kind of looking you know forward. You know, the PEI, PEI sends a team, and there's only two, so they just play each other, like their standings in the New Brunswick PEI league, like doesn't really matter. They just play each other to send a PEI representative. So, you know, Charlottetown's really strong this year and Kensington's kind of in a rebuild. So it kind of seems like Charlottetown, no pressure. You guys are going to go to the Atlantics. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, the New Brunswick division's got St. John and Moncton who are just beasts. So, you know, St. John beat Moncton in the Monctonian final one, nothing. So that seems like it's going to be a, okay, a fun, great. a fun series up there. And then, you know, down in our league, man, you know, our league's super competitive. You know, you got eight teams. You know, the top five teams are, you know, kind of clumped together. You know, Halifax has kind of separated themselves at the top. Um, you know, where I think we're in second place and we're, I think, six points behind them with maybe a game in hand. Um, so, you know, we're behind them. But then three to five is really tight with Sydney, Valley, and Cole Harbor. Like, they all seem to beat each other, so they can't separate. And then, you know, even – Cape Breton West is in six right now. They're a hard-working team, man. They got great goaltender in Jack Milner. They got some good D. They're just hard-working. And then, you know, Picto's kind of going through a rebuild. And then South Shore's no slouch either. Like, those two teams, even though they're, you know, trailing in points, they've had some really close games with us and the Max. You know, South Shore beat us at the beginning of the year. So our league, there's a lot of parity, man. So it's uh, it's going to be a grind to get out of our league, I think. That's going to be awesome when it comes down to playoff time, watching yeah. that. We're pumped that we get to stream those games. It's yeah. fun just being there. Yeah, playoff hockey's fun, man. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, it is the best. And, you know, the way it shapes up every year, you kind of get two Metro teams that kind of play in the semifinals or something. Like, it it usually happens that way. When when you went up to the Monctonian, was it packed? Like, was every single team there, or was there a reduced reduced, uh, number of teams? Um, No, like, the tournament was full. Yeah. Um, You know, every team from our league, New Brunswick League, and the Newfoundland League, you know, we all had to get special permission to travel into New Brunswick for the tournament. So that was kind of, um, that was kind of holding back the Newfoundland teams at the start, but then they all got that permission. So they got to go in. Um, So yeah, everyone from Atlantic Canada was there, as far as I know. Except for us, but yeah. Yeah, except for for you guys. No, man, that's good. Yeah. That's sick. No, we're going to try to make that happen for next year. Hopefully COVID goes away, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, man. So what's on the agenda for you for the rest of the week? Rest of the week, man. um, You know, we got practice nights. Soup's practice Tuesdays and Thursdays. So my nights, I usually have that. And if I got a beer league game, you know, I have a, I have a, one league that we play Tuesday or Thursday. It's kind of once a week. And then I'm in another league, which you've played with me in, and we play either on Thursday or Sunday. So it kind of depends on the week, you know, where my <laughs> schedule lies. But, um, you know, I work at an after-school program kind of at uh, East Coast Varsity, the, the private school in Dartmouth. Yep. So I spend my afternoons there. It's kind of – you know, you get a hundred kids in the dome there, and you play games with them and stuff. So it's a it's a nice little part time gig. And then I'll go to practice. I don't think I have a game tonight, so I'll do some schoolwork <laughs> tonight. You know, maybe make a meal in there or something. And um, you know, I got some sessions during the week. I do a lot of morning stuff, and 
you know, I, I do stuff for some local teams like Pee Wee Triple A's and stuff like that. So pretty busy, man. How was the summer with JV hockey development? What did you, were you happy with the amount of kids that came yeah. back? Dude, listen, I, uh, you know, I know it's my own kind of business and I'm supposed to be promoting it, but man, I have a lot of fun doing it. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun to hang out with kids that are passionate about the sport, right? And if you can influence them in any way, like one of my favorite things is when, when we're in a game and someone does something, someone will yell down the bench, Berkey, weight shift. Like they, they say something that we worked on in the summer. What does that mean, weight shift? Uh, it's just something they do, like a technical thing we do. But, you know, they'll, they'll come up to me and be like, do you see I did this? And I'm like, okay, dude, like I'm focused on the game right now. I'm more worried that you messed up the breakout pass than, you know, your nice fancy move you made. But good job. Um, <laughs> you know, so it, it's really cool. And, you know, just seeing the other kids on other programs flourish, like it is nice. So um, one of my favorite things is working with a kid – that I have no ties to, you know, obviously like the Bedford and Dartmouth organizations, they funnel into the Subarus. So I get a lot of those kids in the summer, but one of my favorite things is getting kids from the, you know, now the Wolverines or the Gulls or, you know, Cole Harbor or the Rangers, someone from a different program who has no personal attachment to me. They come in, they enjoy it, they get better and they thank me for it. That's like the best thing, you know, it's very rewarding, you know, much like teaching. I feel like in your business is a lot of word of mouth. It's like, oh, Berkey's good, he's good. Little, yeah. You know, like it's Yeah, I had a lot of kids who um you know, kids who play on the Max now who at first glance when I sent them out, you know, the brochure of, you know, I'd like to invite you to the program because, you know, I do, do um I do do a lot of invitational stuff. Like, you know, I like to pick my groups and then, you know, we kinda go from there. Um so I, I you know, I'll send out a uh, e- email just kind of introducing myself here's my brochure here's what I do here's what I'd like to offer you and you know sometimes they'll kind of brush it off and then they'll circle back a few weeks later and be like hey yeah. can I get in that and I'm like well I'm full let me see and then you know we, we make it work but um, yeah it's definitely a lot of word of mouth is it a struggle in the city to get ice time I'm, I'm thinking we do have a lot of ice in Halifax mm-hmm. but is there a shortage of ice here um, in the summertime, not so much. It depends on your hours. Like, you know, I, uh, I've typically worked the eight to four or, or nine to five jobs. So I couldn't really book those afternoons, you know, in the summer that kids like <clears throat> to go to. So a lot of my stuff is at night. You know, I do do Monday and Thursday night. I try to space it out. Um, I do do Monday to Thursday night and I, I'm out of the Centennial. I've been doing it now there for four years. So they kind of just give me my ice time again. So I was fortunate in that sense. Like, I, I do have that kind of locked up, but if I do want to expand, you know, you have to fight for your hours for sure. Really? Um, yeah, you got to get in there early enough. Like, you know, it's December, what, tomorrow's December. Um, is it? Yeah. yeah, today's last day of November. <laughs> Stay hot. Um, <laughs> there, you know, there's people sending out stuff for their program starting in May. So I, I don't personally do that. Um, I like to think that the clients I had last year will just be waiting for it. I don't want to bug them. You know, they're doing their own thing with their teams and I don't want to be a distraction. So I don't want people to have to worry about money for May now. You know, it's Christmas time, all that stuff. So I kind of just leave them alone. But um there's, there's invites going out for stuff. I got people contacting me saying, you know, can my kid get in your sessions this summer? Like, blah, blah, blah. So people are thinking about it. That's a good feeling. Yeah, it is a good feeling. I mean, you got to stay ahead of it. It's super competitive. Like I said, I, I typically have done kind of word of mouth invite only. You know, I don't really do a, here's a registration form, like shoot me your stuff. Like I kind of stay away from that. I like to ensure that the kids who are choosing to train with me 
have a good environment around them, mm. you know, not to say, you know, I, I do work with privileged, specialized athletes. Like, you know, they take it super serious. So I, I definitely want to keep the clientele kind of in the same frame of mind. I like also how you keep it when they say, okay, you're coming to JB Hockey Development. It's like, all right, yeah. you're working with Jordan Burke. You're not working with Joe Blow, my third cousin, who's going to take you down here. He's going to do this with you. Yeah. It's like, no, if you're working with me, you're working with me, which is it's yeah, a nice thing. It's, uh, you know, I struggle, you know, this past year. Um, I got guys who helped me out, no question. Um, you know, Brad Rickman helps me out. You know, my But brother, I feel like you're always on the ice. My brother like helps me out. I'm always on the yeah. ice. I'll never miss a session. You know, those kids are wearing a jersey with my initials on it. Um, you know, my logo on it, I'm there, right? They're paying for me. Nothing's worse than signing your kid up for something and you think you're getting this, but you actually don't get it. It's just a terrible business model. And a lot of people try to get away with that. So I I don't do it. If I'm, if I'm on the ice, I'm hands-on, I'm providing the feedback, you know, I'm giving the instruction. Um, I'm there to make the connection with the kids. Pride of ownership. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I'm very, you know, I got a lot of buddies. God love you for reaching out to me. who say, I want to get on the ice. Can I come out and help out? I'm like, sorry, dude. Like, I, I got my guys. They know the routine. They know what we're trying to accomplish. Like, I just stick to that. You know, those are the guys I pay to help me out. Yeah, which is fair and which uh, I feel like that creates a long business success. Yeah. You know, stick to a routine, stick to a plan, and just yeah, ride it out. Nothing's worse than, you know, showing up somewhere and, and you're trying to figure it out yourself. So I don't like doing that to other people. Yeah, that's fair. Right, you know, I, I show up, you know, I strongly just like showing up to a session and like, oh, can you do this? Like, well, I didn't prepare for it. So, you know, now I'm winging it. Like, yeah. I just I just don't like that. So I like to keep my guys as my guys. One thing people always say with this company is like, oh, what's next? What are you guys doing next? And I always just say, well, I like what we're doing. I just want to get better at what we're doing. Yeah. Like, what, what are you guys doing like next, like after this? And it's like, no, like, I just want to make sure this podcast is great. Yeah. I want to make sure our live streams are great. I want to make sure our mic'd up videos are great. I want to make sure our clothing's great. It's like, that's my focus. I don't yeah. want to. I'm the same way. You know, man. it's just like, just find out what you're good at and learn how to be great at it. Yeah. That's, like, I don't do any power skating. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Jill does a fantastic job in the city and she's you know that's her niche i let her do it you know that's why i'll have kids who skate with her in the afternoon and they that's why part of the reason they like my nighttime session is because they can go get a skating session in then they can come with me and work on kind of dynamics and stuff like that so um that's just the niche i have and i just stick with it you know i don't try to do 200 things you know i try to stick to what i got what i'm comfortable with what i like the kids to work on and you know, we, we introduce a skill and then we work on the, the next practice. We have a new skill, but that previous practice skill is still involved. It's a prerequisite now for the future drills. Uh, I mean, you've seen it. You had dudes come out and try some stuff. Shout out dudes. <laughs> Forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> right? You guys came out and saw it. So, you know, those guys have been doing stuff all summer, you know, kind of building towards a final product. And I just stick to that. You know, I don't like to, you know, diverge from the plan the hotbed of talent coming out of this province. I'm not going to say it's Sid and Nate and Brad, but like it is like the, 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 yeah. the people that come here from all around the world, it's incredible. And I, it is a trickle effect. If you ask me, if you look yeah. at all the talent that you're developing, that Jill's developing, like, you know, Logan Shaw and like Igor and all those guys, like they're still here yeah. on the ice with, uh, with Plendowski, but then they'll go out with Sid. It's just, it's unbelievable. The amount of people that are in this part of the world training, trying to become better hockey players. Yeah, man. To shout out Andrew Wigington too. I know he does a lot of stuff for Sackville minor hockey. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like me out in the Sackville area. So he, he works with a lot of the athletes too. So shout out him as well. Okay. Awesome. How much time are we at right now, Jeff? 15? 15. 50. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, my, my hearing's going here. <laughs> um, 
No, that's awesome. So next summer everything's gonna be back to normal though. Like it'll be like JB hockey development. Yeah, like, no, nothing's changing. No, nothing's it's- nothing's changing, man. The only thing I like to do is get you know a few swag items here and there. You know, dress the kids up. Yeah. You know, I get texts from buddies all the time. You know, I got a text actually from uh, Artie Chisholm. You remember Artie Chisholm? Yeah, yeah. Played junior A with him. Yeah. He, you know, I haven't talked to Artie in a couple of years. He shoots me a message saying I saw a kid wearing a JB hockey hat. <laughs> I was like, nice. It's the best know, feeling. It's the best feeling. I mean, I mean, you guys got it too with your high button stuff. But I definitely, um, you know, I try to get things that the kids want to wear. You know, I got some toques coming out that will be here for like kind of winter time, kind of like you guys did. So, um, you know, just I like to make sure the kids are having fun and they get some perks along the way. You know, they get some stuff, you know, a token of appreciation for their support and things like that. That's so. what it comes down to, man, fun. You know, if it's not fun, you're not doing yeah. it. Like, I remember when I did those uh, St. Mary's Huskies things with Nogs. Oh, and I Nogs. told my dad, and I was just like, I'm not doing this unless it's fun. And you go the first day, you had a blast. You're yeah. like, hey, I'm wearing a different jersey that isn't the Halifax Hawks. Yeah. You know, I'm, but I'm still with my buddies. I'm on a different team. Yeah. Nogs brings a good environment. It's just like, you don't do it unless it's fun. Same with, like, the, the Hurricanes and the Raiders. Like, I know that's not hockey development, but it's just something outs, outside yeah. of the Halifax Hawks. It was just fun to do something different. Yeah, you got to make sure you balance, too, how much fun they have, right? You, at the end yeah. of the day, you're there to work. So, you know, I keep it light for sure. That's kind of my thing, right? I keep it light, you know, and but I, I definitely make sure they're working hard because you don't want to waste your money, right? So, yeah. you know, you're wasting my time, your money, your parents' money, um, <laughs> you know. So some kids pay for themselves, so, you know, don't waste your money. When it comes to the development of hockey and you look at the, the, the process of it and how it's becoming more skilled, where do you get a lot of your information from? Just watching NHL? Is it YouTube? Yeah, is it- yeah, man. So, you know, we kind of talked about this last time I was here. There's a couple guys in Europe I really enjoy watching. It's just a different style of skill, um, you know, kind of posture, like dynamics. Like I call it functional skating, whether that's the right term or not. That's kind of the way I do it. Um you know, right now I, I look to them for a lot of inspiration. You know, it's, it's now been seven years I've been doing it. So, you know, you do build stuff and then you kind of adapt, you know, I really, oh, I really like this from, you know, what this guy's doing or this from so-and-so like, and you try to, you know, change your drills and, and work around it. But I'm also doing right now, I'm doing my, uh, hockey Canada, um, skills coach certification. So it's a specialized program. You got to apply, get accepted. And, uh, we've been doing it now since, uh, since June. So if you, get, you accept- get a lot of resources there as well. So what happens if you get accepted? Well, you're enrolled in the program. You got to do, it's a year thing, year course. It's kind of like when you do your, your HP one here in Nova Scotia for high performance coaching, you know, you do a week of lectures and, you know, in, informational instructional stuff. And then you actually have an on ice component where you're supposed to go to Calgary where their headquarters is. And you go on the ice with some hockey Canada athletes and you work with them and you, you know, you run a practice, they give you feedback. So it's a really, uh, it's a really cool environment and a really sick. cool program. So we haven't done the on ice stuff yet, obviously because of COVID, you know, Alberta's kind of been a mess right now, but they're trying to find ways to get us out there. So it's a, it's a real small program. There's only like 20 people across Canada in it. You know, a lot of the people in there are, um, you know, AHL or NHL skills coaches, like things like that. So it's a really elite class and I'm, I'm really like humbled to even be a part of it. Right. I think there's only a few of us in Nova Scotia who will have that, you know, accreditation. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, man. It's dope. And like Chris Colligan's went through the program. He's the assistant coach with the Eagles. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Kyle McDonald Duker, he's, a he's in the program as well. He's the, uh, technical director for TASA minor hockey. So he was the coach of the Cape Breton West Islanders when they won the TELUS. So it's a, it's a pretty good class to be with. Right. So, 
I'm uh, I'm enjoying it. Speaking of Hockey Canada, who do you think the goal is going to be for Team Canada this year? I don't know. Probably someone from Ontario. <laughs> Where's yeah. Price from? Vancouver. Oh, you mean the you mean the Olympics? Olympics, oh, dude. That's going to be. I mean, what a what a question that is. Like, I'm struck. Hellebuck, maybe. Like, I don't know, man. Like, there's there's a. I think goaltending is probably the weakness for Team Canada. If I'm being honest, I think that's I'd probably, agree. I think that's probably their biggest weakness. Someone said Tristan Jari the other day has the best save percentage out of any Canadian goaltender wow. right now. Playing for Pittsburgh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That that team's going to be interesting, man. I'd be curious to see what that looks like cuz there's you know, speaking of politics, I'm picking the prospects game, you know. I got a buddy who's a Leafs fan, man, Fouge, and he just pumps Morgan Riley's tires. I think Morgan Riley is like not a top 20 defenseman in the NHL. Really? Yeah. Pff, no, I think he's brutal. So, um, <laughs> you know, all the all the rosters have him on it projected and I'm just like, no shot is he making that team, but he may. It's going to be well, – well, going back to the goalie thing, Luongo is the general manager of the team. And so you talk about the IQ of a goalie and knowing what the how what a goalie thinks and feels. Yeah, you know, you're telling me that Luongo and Carey Price aren't having conversations right now. How are yeah. you? What are you thinking? What's going on? I know. You know you just, it's going to be super interesting to see. I Honestly, like, there's so many goalies, and it seems like the carousel changes every year of who's good and who's not. Um I couldn't even tell you which guys are the top Canadian guys lined up for it. Cause you know, Flurry would have been a few years ago, but you know, he's on a tough team right now. Like, are you going to rock Fleur- with Flurry? Like, I don't know. Right. There's some, they're saying he's going to be the third goalie. Yeah. There's some, <laughs> yeah. You know, I know he won the Vesna, but like, you know, he did win the Vesna last yeah. year. Didn't he? Yeah. So it's, yeah. Goaltending is the tough one, man. Cause there's, you know, but even, Fleur- even in scouting, I don't even, I, you know, I leave the goalies to the goalie stuff. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> that's their own department, man. Who I think is a good goalie may not be what a goalie coach thinks is a good goalie. So That's fair. Yeah, just not my world, right? I, every time I think Stay of, in my lane. Every time I think of Flurry and Team Canada, I think of that World Juniors when he's going back for the, the goal after someone knocked it in. After he's he wearing, shot it off yeah, someone in the net. Yeah, he shot it. He's wearing the yellow pads. Like, oh. uh, <laughs> I know. So, I don't know. I mean, speaking of Jerry, he just got lit up there in the shootout against yeah. Calgary. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It'll be. I can't wait for that. That's gonna be fun to watch. I Dude, love the Olympics. It's so it's, good. It's gonna go. When is it? February. Yeah. So we're gonna go World Juniors. Yeah. We hung over for a bit, relax, and then we're gonna go right back into. Yeah. Olympics. Olympics it's gonna be in, great. In U eighteen playoff hockey. Tell us, Cup. See, baby. The, the great thing, grind. the great thing I love about that is it's the time where it's the shittiest weather, but there, there's, there's the most, most entertainment. Yeah, man. There's the What's most things on, on TV. It's the best. No, I know. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun to have the kids, you know, kind of get together and watch a game. You know, hopefully Canada does well. Um, we've kind of missed those sort of team activities the past few years, you know, being able to do that stuff. So hopefully it goes through this year. Hopefully they play. Hopefully they don't back out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's always a possibility, right? So I know I think someone was telling me that they have a Claude Julien's coaching like a, a spares team just in case the NHLers pull out or something. Someone was telling me that there was an article written about it. So who would the spares be? Guys who were playing in Europe, you know, guys playing in the KHL, you know, like the Dell, basically yeah. a Spangler Cup type thing. Yeah, man, we'll see. I hope so. I hope <laughs> I hope the Olympics happen, man. I've been yeah, waiting man. for this since. I guess last year or whenever they announced well, they, it. They canceled the last, yeah, they canceled the last round for them, right? So it'd be really, Man. really cool. It's awesome to see guys like McDavid and McKinnon, McKinnon all in a line and shit. Marshawn. Like, yeah. Marshawn's been snubbed from two. They're, they were saying he could have made the team yeah. eight years ago. Yeah, it's, it has been eight years ago. Wow. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's That's going to be such a competitive team to make, man. You know, guys like Huberto, like do they take them or do they want something different? I don't know. 
Yeah, a lot of question marks. So it'll be there's going to be a couple just like, whoa, who's this guy? Whoa, he made it. Hey, you know, this politics, the, right? The guy from Calgary right now has what, like 14, 15 goals? What's his name? Majipan. Majipan. I can't I, say it. Yeah. Yeah, they're saying Majipani he's. Or whatever. They're saying he's the next real deal. Zach Hyman. He plays with McDavid. Hyman. Yeah, well, Hyman. we could play with McDavid. Anyone. Yeah. We'll see. I look. He looked good on the Sleeman Clear 2.0, buddy. <laughs> he looked really good. Jeez, we're just a farm team, man. We play teams, and I get buddies to message me, and they're like, "You guys are dicks." Like, Let me really. <laughs> yeah, they're like, "You guys are dicks." Your team's yeah, too good. When we were out the other day, the ref was like, where's Berkey? It's too late for him to play. He was chirping. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. even there. Oh, I, well, I give it to them, right? I always <laughs> run in my mouth, so they're just sick of it. They want to give it back. So. Oh, man. Funny, man. Um, let me know if you need me, though, this uh, this week. Oh, we always need someone, buddy. You know what it's like? Spare. Beer league's always tough to find guys, right? It's uh, Especially us. We're a firefighter team, so you know we got four or five guys on the same shift, so if the game happens to be on a shift night, you know, you're missing half your team. So I didn't know that. So we got a bunch of firefighters. I thought your brother was the only one. Yeah, no, there's there's a couple <laughs> other ones. So it's uh it's always tough. Some nights they can't make it. So that's funny. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you want to give a shout out to anyone? Um, shout out. No, maybe just say you know. Uh, actually, you know what we talked about the Monk Tony. You know, shout out St. John Vitos for winning that thing. What a what an event. Um, you know, hopefully we'll get to see you down at the Ice Jam here in the in the new year. Um. Shout out to them for winning that. What a what a tournament. They played a hell of a game against us. Really well coached. Um, you know, and, and shout out, I guess, to all the Subaru kids. You know, we're kind of finding our footing a bit here, playing some good hockey. They're 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 giving it their all. So shout out to you guys. We'll see you tonight. And uh thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate being here. I know we're buddies, but I always appreciate coming on, talking shop and you know, catching up always man Berkey you know you're always welcome back I appreciate you coming yeah man no problem thanks um everyone listening also good luck the rest of the way we hope we see you you know telescope Atlantic's yeah. final yeah, something we just yeah. hope we see you down the line we the, just need something to go the, our way for once yeah you, you'll be fun the more you do well the more we do well so mm -hmm. it, it works out so everyone yeah. listening thank you very much uh, once again for tuning in it is Tuesday November 30th November's wrapping up uh work hard have fun keep your stick on the ice we're out peace
Let's see. 